Person fallen lassen. So go ahead. I'm on scene at 108 South 17. We've got uh, light smoke showing from a single story commercial building. Working fire, make it a regular alarm. Engine one up front arrival. Let's, uh, let's see if we can get in. Let's see if there's an FBC in the back before we do anything here. I'll be establishing 17th Street uh, Command. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Justifiably Proud Productions. I'm your humble host, Jim Farrell, and I'm here with Dolly today. I'm really glad and excited to be with everybody today. It is uh, Thanksgiving Day, November 24th, 2022. I hope everybody's having a safe one. We finally got some sunshine coming out here in the RGV after many, many days of uh, rainy weather, which was also nice uh, to some extent. But I want to welcome everybody to to our program today. We have a great guest lined up today, and I just want to share a little bit with you about some of the accomplishments we've had with uh, Justifiably Proud. Drop the beat, Jay. That's right. It's official. We've, uh, we've, uh, Dolly and I have officially been heard all on every continent in the uh, world, with the exception of Antarctica. Uh, they may not have good Wi-Fi service down there. I'm not sure, but uh, want to give a shout out to all the listeners around the world that have that have chimed in. Um, really appreciate everybody who's enjoyed our show, and we're excited to have touched every every continent and every uh, not every country, but every continent on the uh, the planet. So. Thank you for that. Uh, we wanted to have a little uh, show today with the upcoming holidays about PSAs, public service announcements. They're going to be hot all over the all over the country coming up, and I wanted to share a little bit about about it with uh, one of one of our friends of mine uh, about public fire education. And um, with that, uh, we'll go into what's the word. Give me a what's the word? What's the word, man? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're excited to have a special guest with us today, uh, here with us today. Uh, today is Thanksgiving Day, and I'm excited to have a good friend of mine on the on the show to talk a little bit about uh, what it's like being a first responder and uh, just being a, being around during the holidays. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome Mr. Roman Candelario Flores, also known as R.C. Flores. Hi, R.C. Hello. Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Now you're a, you're a longtime veteran of the fire service. You're a father. You're a grandfather. You're a husband. And um, why don't you take a moment to walk us through your journey in the fire service? Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so I've I've been with the with the department I'm with now uh, professionally. I'm actually gonna hit my uh, my 20 year mark with the department I'm with now here in April. But um, funny thing is, I grew up. I grew up around the fire service. Um, my my mother was a dispatcher 
um, in the city we lived in, in Alamo, she was a uh, police dispatcher. And um, like most small cities, they run a, a dual dispatch where she, she would dispatch for, for police and for fire department. And um, at a young age, I would go and I would hang out uh, whenever I could at the police department, right? But nobody wants to hang out with the cops. Now we're going to hang out next door to the fire at the fire station. Uh, so I would go next door and... Uh, um, I grew up around her as a, uh, a very, very respected individual in our area, in our region. That's a fire chief. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to a fire chief, uh, Sean Snyder. He was actually the maintenance man in Alamo at the time. And, um, uh, he kind of, uh, he kind of took me under, under his wing at a real young age. And, uh, and that's how I got involved in the fire service. And then of course, you know, started, you know, my, my adolescent years, my teenage years and, um, Years later, I was in high school, and uh, the late and great, another great uh, chief, um, Chief Orlando Espinosa, he, um, one day we were outside playing street ball, and um, he pulled up in his, in a, I remember it was an old Crown Victoria, uh, that was his, his, uh, his unit, and those old Shamu looking vehicles, and uh, he said, hey, uh, how would you like to, uh, to ride in a fire engine? on a call and i'm like heck yeah let's do it baby right so um the catch was that i had to go wash a couple fire engines and and uh little did i know is he was uh he was actually putting together a what's called an explorer program within the fire department and there was you know grant money available and and he wanted to launch this program so he was handpicking certain individuals in the community that um that he he envisioned for that program because obviously he wanted that program to work and uh i guess he had been keeping an eye on our little group um we would play street ball every day whether it would be f uh, street football baseball basketball and um he said he would see how the uh my friends would flock to me so he says hey man I, I want you to be part of this program so anyways i officially became an explorer with the city of alamo fire department at the age of 14 and i did that did that all of uh high school and when i was in high school my senior year i actually turned 18 i'm a september baby so i turned 18 the september of my senior year and i became an official volunteer firefighter for the city of alamo uh, when i was 18 went to the academy after that and uh, right after high school and then um tested out with different cities and then i got hired and and I've been living the life, you know, living the dream since then. Do you happen to remember what your Explorer Post number was? Our Explorer Post number was 2266. Cool. Yeah, so the Explorer Post, they, they actually fell under the... Uh, Boy Scouts? The Boy Scouts, yeah. Mm -hmm. They fell under the Boy Scouts, and um, that's how we would get our, our, our Explorer uh, troop number. Yeah, and I was actually captain with that Explorer troop uh, up until... Um, until I became a, a firefighter. Yeah, it was great. So one thing I remember, and I, and I want to add this, is that during the summers of, of, of those high school years when I was still an explorer, not yet a firefighter, um, we would raise money throughout the year. And Chief Orlando Espinosa, he would take us up to uh, Texas A&M College Station to the annual fire school. So we, sp we spent our summers uh, while kids were, you know, chilling out doing what kids do in the summer. We were actually uh, doing some some training 
and building up to going up to Texas A&M uh, College Station to go and, uh, and, and visit fire school at Braden Field. So similar to me, you started in high school, and it, it helped prepare you to become a full-fledged volunteer firefighter when you when you graduated high school. It gave you a good foundation for what became ultimately your career. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, started out as watching a fire engine, and here I am now um, watching fire engines professionally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to invite you here today to talk about a couple things. Number one is with the holidays being around, and we've talked about it before. We have a we have a we have debts, right? And I'm not necessarily talking about the financial debts, but being the type of work, uh, shift work we we work and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, just the other night, I I came home from work and I had to go right back to work because, um, you know, there was a fire, you know, and so. There's a certain amount of debt that we owe to our families, whether it be your your spouse or your kids or your parents. If you know, even if you're single, you have a debt to your family because, especially as a volunteer, I know my folks remember the pager going off in the middle of the night and just hearing the boom, 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 boom of me running out down the stairs and out the door at all hours of the night up in Missouri. You know, and um, I wanted to ask for you to share your thoughts on the debt we may owe our family. Yes, uh, definitely, and that's um, something that, to this day, a lot of a lot of firefighters, um, unless it's brought up, they really don't realize the debt that they, you know, that they that they owe to their to their family. But um, I guess what I want to talk about is during the uh, during the pandemic, one thing that I noticed was that um, there was these. Uh, there was a term that came out during the pandemic, and the term was essentials. Essentials were allowed to, to, to have an excuse to to drive to work, to be on the streets. And well, we were on a, for lack of better words, we were on a lockdown. The essentials were able to, if you had a job that could, that you were considered an essential, you were able to move around freely. And I would drive to work, and I would see um, myself on the road with the fellow essentials, until. I was driving to work on Christmas morning one day and I said, where are all these essentials at? The roads were empty. And throughout the pandemic, I realized that on there were certain holidays, which the big ones are Christmas, Thanksgiving, um, that would happen to fall during the week. I didn't see these essentials. And when I was talking to another firefighter, I was talking to him about a very wise firefighter, captain. And he says, um, he says, we're not considered essentials. He says, we're considered core. He says, there's certain employees that, or certain jobs and in, in, in certain professions, um, law enforcement, healthcare professionals, those are, those are core employees. And those employees is what you fall under. Because it doesn't matter. Every day is just a regular day in your profession, in our profession. So in the fire service, I noticed that the core employees they recognize that they don't recognize anything. If that makes any sense, because you're going to miss a lot of birthdays. You're going to miss your holidays. You're going to miss, if you're scheduled to work that day, um, you're going to work that day. And um, throughout the years, you're going to miss a lot of those, those milestones and a lot of those important dates in your family's, uh, in your family's lives. And there's a saying that says, you know, if, if, 
you think being a firefighter is, is tough, try being a firefighter's uh, spouse, right? And um, for those listeners that are out there that happen to be a spouse, yes, I'm talking to you directly. You know exactly what what I'm saying when when I say that because there's no there's no forgiveness when it comes to to the profession. Now, I don't know about the other professions that I mentioned, but in the fire service, um, especially in the in the department where I work at, I see that most of the individuals are are happy with and content with the job and the career they've chosen. I, for once, have never in all the years that I've been in the profession that I've been, I've never once ever said the phrase, oh, man, I have to go to work today. There may be some days where it may be a little bit tougher, a little bit more difficult because, you know, you're going to miss something that day. But I've never gone to work with the attitude of I don't want to be here. Again, I can, I can wholeheartedly say that I love the profession I chose. I love the job that I do. And um, I have absolutely, without a doubt, zero regrets on the job. But consequently, the families are the ones that suffer in a sense to where that's where the debt comes to play yeah i mean even in the volunteer departments let's say it's a fourth of july weekend well the firefighter the volunteer firefighters might be being a part of the parade that day in your town you know so they don't get to enjoy the parade with their family they don't get to see the parade from the their kids point of view or whatever you know and and so it, it really doesn't matter um career or volunteer but there there's a there's a certain debt because i mean of course there's fires on thanksgiving and volunteer yes. firefighters run out the door and they leave their family to go help help others yeah i i, def- I think a big one is also is on like on new year's man on new year's night you know there's fireworks uh there's fireworks that, that are happening um um and the potential for fire is going to be there and it's safe to say that there's going to be at least one fire car related to fireworks in whatever community you live in, and if it's if the community is a is a primarily a volunteer department, well, those volunteer firefighters are going to have to respond to that call. So, so um, yeah, there's there's a there's a debt in the in the in the fire service in general. Now, earlier you mentioned um, you mentioned uh, Texas A and M Fire School, and you and me had the pleasure of attending a course many years ago, a uh, public fire education course, and we had a. We had a really good time there. Um, recently, one of uh, one of my uh, employment endeavors, I've been allowed to uh, provide Texas Commission on Fire Protection Public Fire Educator one and two courses. And during that time, um, I've noticed as I'm preparing these classrooms and these courses, just getting into the whole PSA part of the holidays and stuff. Right? There's a lot of PSAs like that'll come out like cooking your turkeys a certain way and <laughs> yeah and and throwing your christmas trees away at a right time or keeping water and all that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. so i'm building these classrooms on the computer and i i mentioned this because i know you've spent time with your department during the month of october for fire prevention month and i want to talk take a moment just to talk a little bit about um about public fire education and and the target audiences and all that kind of stuff but, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here as my mind wanders from time to time. I'm building these classrooms for my students. And 
I'm sitting out. I had a little, I have a little fire pit in the backyard. And last week I'm sitting out by the fire pit and I'm starting to daydream. And I'm thinking about this message we've been sending people all their lives of, hey, if your clothes catch on fire, stop, drop, and roll. And I'm thinking to myself, man, is that really a problem? Like, <laughs> is that what statistic prompted that message to be sent? And, yeah. And, and so I, you know, I'm starting to really look at how we, uh, I, I've always been a believer that our job is to put ourselves out of business, but at some point I'm kind of wondering, are we targeting the right age groups? I'm looking at YouTube at classroom, uh, different videos that people put out different and it's all great stuff, but some of the stuff is, uh, it's age appropriate, but it's like, that's not to me, that's not the right age to, they're not going to remember that stuff. Yeah, you know? like, and imagine being a kid. I don't remember in the eighties when I'm in grade school, I don't remember the, I'm sure the firefighters came to our, our, our school, but. Oh, they uh, had, they had schools in the eighties. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but I'm thinking, golly, that must be scary for a kid that's eight or seven or nine years old to hear. Man, if your clothes catch on fire, you got to stop. Wait a minute. Now I got to worry about my clothes catching on fire. What's going <laughs> exactly, on here? You man. know, like, yeah, man, I'm just trying to learn how to tie my shoes. And you tell me my clothes are yeah, going to catch fire. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of stuff to remember for that age group. Cause I know most, most, most cities and most communities target the younger groups. Of course, there's a high risk group with the elderly too, but give me your take on the whole public fire education thing definitely so i'm gonna backtrack i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely talk about about that but i'm gonna backtrack a little bit and i'm gonna tell you that um coming out of high school um growing up for some reason i wanted to be an educator right and 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 i'm gonna talk about the topic of stop dropping roll right now but uh i think that two of the professions that are absolutely 100 percent they own my heart and they are they will never be justifiably paid enough is our military and our educators i just have the utmost respect for for our military and for our educators and um that's one thing that i wanted to do i wanted to be an educator and uh um don't get me wrong i, I love my job but if i wasn't a, a firefighter i think that's what i would i, I would be doing i'd be in, in the education field but um, i did have the opportunity to uh to to do some public fire education um, with the department I, I work for um, in the month of October. October is Fire Prevention Month um, nationwide. But um, going back to the topic of the stop, drop, and roll. So I, I took I took uh, I actually took a public fire educator course with you at A and M years ago. That course that you mentioned, A and M. I took that with you. And um, in retrospect, now looking back, is that course that we took? It was. Um, there are certain phases to that, to that, to that course, and when I was with this, when I worked briefly, and when I was a volunteer with with Alamo, we had a clown program there, and uh, we would go out to the schools, and uh, we were uh, we went to clowns, we went to clown school, and we became um, what. We became what you consider a professional clown, you know. We from putting on the makeup to to the do's and don'ts, the unwritten rules of of the clown alley and the clown association and foundation. They have their own little rules, and and you have to respect that. And we learned all that stuff. And the reason I say that is because um, throughout the years, NFPA what they do is they put out a topic, right? NFPA is, uh, is the the governing agency 
um, that puts out these topics for 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 public education. And um, the topics may be like, for example, one year they can, the topic will be uh, smoke detectors, check your batteries. Uh, the next year it'll be uh, get out and stay out. And they have different topics. But growing up, um, I remember the fire department coming out and teaching us about stop, drop, and roll. And they, they would show us and then the firefighter would show us and cover your face and get on the ground and roll around. And I remember I specifically being terrified of my clothes catching on fire. And um, But I will say this. Um, as a public fire educator and after being in the fire service for 20 plus years, I have never, ever, ever responded to a, an incident where somebody's clothes is on fire. So what I see, and I have no proof to back this up, is that firefighters that are now young firefighters that are doing it now professionally, they revert back to what they were taught. So their natural instinct, and, and I think it's the service itself, the culture. Um, we do a poor job um, educating our firefighters on how to educate the public. So a lot of these fire departments and firefighters that I've seen, right, because I'm very, I get around and then I like, and I like to go to presentations. I like to just, you know, dissect and critique uh, presentations after I go is these firefighters they're just told hey you're gonna go do a presentation and just you're you're the public sees us as subject matter experts in that field so they're expecting a a, a full-blown you know these guys are the professionals what are they gonna teach us and then the firefighters show up and they say okay we're gonna stop drop and roll and I'm like no we haven't had that subject in NFPA for years NFPA specifically took stop drop and roll out of their curriculum because it got to the point to where you would uh, you would uh, the stop drop and roll was embedded you, into their kids. You'd be minds. trying to teach them. Yes. You'd be trying to teach them to crawl low and smoke, and, and they'd want to stop yeah, drop and roll. You, you would give. I, I remember giving presentations even back like in ten years ago, and I'd give what I considered an awesome presentation of of you know crawl low under the smoke, get out, stay out. Wouldn't reference once wouldn't reference uh, stop, drop, and roll, right? Because I knew better. And um, at the end of the presentation, okay, boys and girls, do you have any questions? And I would ask, okay, so here we go. Raise your hands, right? So I'm kind of giving you the, the so you can kind of envision in your in, in your head is that I'd be in front of that, I'd do my whole presentation, and then I would tell the boys and girls, okay, raise your hand and I'll call on you. So ready? Yeah, here we go. So you're in your house. Okay, your house catches fire. What's the first thing you're going to do? Ready, go. And ah, they'd raise up their hands and their little arms were coming out of their sockets because they wanted to be, be called on. And I'd be like, hey, you in the blue shirt, what's your name? Hey, my name's Timmy. Hey, Timmy, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to stop, drop, and roll. Like, hold on, Timmy. Nobody here even mentioned stop, drop, and roll. Like, But he had heard it so much from the other presentations for somewhere else that that's all they remembered. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that would happen... Very, very. So you talk to adults now, like I've asked, like I'll go to a presentation now and I'll be setting up and, and, um, I was at a, (laughs) I was actually at a, at a retired teachers association presentation, um, last month and I was setting up for uh, assisting, setting up for, for the presentation with the other, uh, fire educator. And, and I talked to the lady and I said, Hey, my partner is going to be doing the, the main the main lecture or the main presentation and I'm here just to help him out. And she tells me, are you going to talk about stop, drop and roll? And this lady was like, maybe like 60 years old. And I was like, um, 
Absolutely not. We're not going to talk about stop, drop, and roll. So um, what I like to do is is I like to bring a solution to the problem. And and what I recommended was that when I talk to, to, to the guys in my firehouse or the guys that I know are going to be going out to do presentations, I, I remind them that we're not there to... We're not there to entertain. We're there to educate. And um, going back to how I remember, and I was guilty of it, of doing these shows back then, um, um, education has come a long way in the fire service. And what you what you mentioned earlier about the shows that you've seen, like on YouTube, um, there there's some very there's some very good uh, curriculum and very good um, presentations out there. But there's a lot that that are not very age appropriate and they're they've they and they're outdated also there's a lot of them that are still outdated but a lot of the uh a lot of the fire chiefs um they don't put a lot of emphasis on on public fire education and i guess just because it's my passion and and i really look in, really dissect it um i think that and i hope that uh this doesn't come back and uh and haunt me but i i think that the fire service still does a poor job in public fire education. We, we, we could be doing a lot better. We, we should be doing a lot better. We owe it to the public to be doing a lot better uh, when it comes to public fire education. Yeah, I mean, like a city a city will have 30 firefighters on duty ready to respond in the event of, the, of a fire, but they'll only have three or four people in their fire prevention office or their fire marshal's office. So you've got three or four people out there trying to prevent fire, and you've got 32 people every day waiting for a fire to happen. It's kind of it's kind of backwards. And then the other problem is here's the biggest problem I see is that fire prevention you you just can't measure your success. You don't know if a fire inspector goes and does an inspection on a retail shop and tells them, "Hey, you you can't have this extension cord as permanent wiring." And they 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 correct the issue. And and that place doesn't burn down. You'll never know because it never burned. You know, there, it's very hard to to measure that. Yeah, yeah. correct. So so uh, Benjamin Franklin, um, uh, one of the pioneers in the big Ben, big Ben, <laughs> um, he was quoted as saying, "I hope I don't mess this quote up." Is that uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure? Mm-hmm. And that is exactly um, what you just mentioned. I mean, how do you measure? something that you prevented you know you there's no way of measuring it but there's departments and and i've seen it um i've seen it you know more times than not is that you do have a full-blown very very aggressive fire prevention program where you're talking um what's called an iso rating i won't get into that right because that's kind of boring stuff for the non-fire service people but they have a very aggressive fire prevention program where they have really really good inspectors that go out and they do a real job enforcing the law but you ask them like hey um how many dedicated individuals do you have for public fire education to specifically educate and they'll say like one or two and you're talking departments of of firefighters with 150 200 even up to 300 personnel and they only have one or two individuals doing public fire education population of a couple hundred thousand exactly Mm -hmm. and um and uh, 
like I said, it's my passion. It's what I like to do. So I look, I look at that. I look at those numbers, and uh, I guarantee you go to those schools and you ask some of those kids, like, "Hey, uh, uh, what are you gonna do in case of a in case of a car accident? Oh, I'm gonna stop, drop, and roll." You know, because that's that's what yeah. they've been taught. You know, that's what the younger firefighters are still te- are they're still teaching. Like there, there was a video I was watching the other night, just to add emphasis, and it was showing a lighter and matches, and telling kids not to play with fire. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you may very well be introducing them to those tools. Yes, exactly. When we were kids, everybody was smokers, right? So we knew what a lighter was and all that. At least that's how it was in the Midwest. But like, you may be introducing those kids to that stuff. And it's just, it's, man, I just kind of feel like there's a revamping that needs to happen. And I think the targeted age, I think it's great to entertain, right? When it's appropriate, right? Correct. But don't try to send out a message too while you're entertaining. I th- I'm thinking like the junior high and high school kids are the people we need to be talking to because there's high school kids that don't understand get out and stay out. You know? Yes. You walk out of your shower. We've we've had an incident where you, you know, yeah. So like like that. Yeah, you you bring up a good point. Like the matches. You know, back in, uh, back 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 in the day, like ten years ago maybe. So uh, back sometime back, the the applying you needed matches. You needed a, you needed matches matches to 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 start your to start your grill or to start your your stove. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays, I mean, everything is it's they've got they've got electric ignitions now, and uh, it's rare for you uh, to see something like matches or lighters. Even smoking, you know, smoking's gone down. You know, uh, the, the government came in and and, and they. They assisted with those efforts, and uh, so all the, all those all those factors. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, and there's still education programs that are targeting you know matches and lighters and stuff, which is good to know. But there's so there's certain words. Also, I want to talk about something. There's certain words that are strong words that that get used during uh, public fire public fire education presentations. And I'll give you I'll give you one example. So let's say you're out you were out talking to, to kids, right? And um, these uh, anticipatory words that are strong words, um, you, you're you talking about get out and stay out, right? So the message is get out and stay out, for example. So you're, you're talking to the kids, you're giving them examples. But what I see is, is sometimes you use words like hide. And as an adult, you know what that word means. And if I were to tell you, hey, if there's a fire in your house... Whatever you do, uh, you don't want to hide. Well, they're not going to remember the you don't want to. They're just going to remember the word hide. So in the case of an emergency, and this happens for everybody, you know, and your, your adrenaline's pumping, a lot of these these kids, they're going to remember that word hide. There's a fire, there's an emergency in my house. Uh, the firefighter said something about hiding. So they're going to go and they're going to hide, right? So, and that's another problem that I see, another concern that I have that I see that that the terminology that's being used to educate, there's actual curriculum for that, that would teach, like I said, to teach the firefighters how to teach the public, educate the public on on those particular items. But the, that's a whole other animal in itself. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here today. And um, I just, you know, I wanted to take a moment to talk about with the holidays coming up, the, the different types of PSAs and I thought it would be good to give our listeners that, that aren't in the service an idea of, of what it really entails uh, trying to prevent fires and educate the public. Uh, RC, I'm glad you came with us today. 
And I'm, uh, I look forward to <clears throat> your successes in your career. And um, thanks for being a guest on Justifiably Proud Productions. No problem, man. It was it was. Really, I've been looking forward to to doing a, a podcast with with you for a while, and um, there's actually a topic that uh, if I get invited back, it was nice today because it's Thanksgiving, so there there was minimal security here at the studio, getting in here, getting in and out. But if we come back, I want to I want to talk about a, an encounter that I had, um, an encounter that I had during during the pandemic that I that I didn't think I would ever experience it so I never it never crossed my mind but there was a an opportunity uh to help somebody and um my hands were tied so um that's just a little sneak peek of something I want to talk about maybe in our next in our next uh podcast when I if I get invited back <laughs> yeah. um but um definitely thank you thank you so much for having me here uh it was great look forward to coming back Dolly Dolly can you say hi can you say hi to RC Miss Dolly. All right, Roman. Well, happy holidays to you again. Thank you for being a guest on our show, and uh, we want to wish all of our all of our listeners a very happy uh, holiday season. Be safe out there, and as always, um, feel free to reach out to me on anything you have at justifiablyproudproductions at gmail.com. Take care, everybody. Bye bye.